wonder why traditional button-ups look so long and baggy? That's because they were never meant to be worn that way. Untucked shirts were specifically designed to be worn untucked. No matter your size or shape, their shirts are the perfect untucked length. With more than 50 fit combinations, Untucked shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. Don't just take my word for it. Try Untucked for yourself. Visit Untucket.com and use code BLUEWIRE for 20% off your first order. They even offer free shipping and returns on all orders in the U.S. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T.com and promo code BLUEWIRE for 20% off your first order. Blue Wire. Hello, Fangirl Nation, and welcome to another episode of Fangirl Sports Network's Fangirl Playbook on Blue Wire. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, joined as always by my co-host, Stephanie McCarroll. Steph, how are you today? I'm doing well. Um, yesterday was a pretty emotional day with the Kobe Bryant celebration of life, but it was also really good to see all those people come out and support, you know, Kobe and his family and of course, the other people that, you know, died in the, the helicopter crash. So it was a pretty emotional day for me, but um, I did appreciate everybody that came out to support Kobe. It was emotional, and you're right. It was it was wonderful to see all those people, but I I think it was so beautifully done, and it was such a good tribute. Uh, Vanessa Bryant is an absolutely incredible woman. I can't imagine having to eulogize your child and your husband in front of the world, essentially. And it was it was just a beautiful day. Everyone spoke so well, but just so heartbreaking, so sad, and still feels surreal. Feel still does not seem quite real but of course for all of these families it is very much real um so just a devastating loss but i i do think it was a very beautiful day yesterday very emotional um but a wonderful opportunity i think for fans to grieve and for the people who loved um all of the people on that helicopter to grieve but quite a day quite a day and just really sad and and heartbreaking and i think will be for a very long time. So it's, uh, that was a tough, a tough day. Uh, but as you said, there were many people there supporting Kobe, uh, and the families. And that was, uh, that was really incredible. Yeah. And it was, uh, really good to see. I loved the spotlight of, uh, Sabrina Ionescu, who's, you mm-hmm. know, of course the guard, um, in Oregon. And, you know, she was really, really behind um, Kobe's Mamba mentality, as it were. And, you know, he, she helped, you know, with his camps and then the training and the coaching. And um, she really, you know, wanted to see Gianna, like, really do for the WNBA what Kobe Bryant did for the NBA. So I thought her, her um, you know, her words were really impactful for the sport for women in general, but also then she turns around and sets a record for the NCAA. So um, I just was really proud of her as a woman and as a young woman and, you know, being able to really put that into practice. And I actually uh, dedicated my post today on Instagram to her because I thought that was just really wonderful. It was. It was incredible. And her to go around and turn around and have or go and have that performance was just incredible. True, true Mamba mentality there. So that I agree with you as as a woman and just as a sports fan. It was 
absolutely incredible to see. So everybody should make sure to check out Steph's post today on Warriors FGSN because it sounds like it's a good one. So, uh, yeah, but it was just an incredible uh, day that she had, an incredible game, and it was pretty awesome to see that. Yeah, I watched it, um, and it was just – it was cool because she plays a different way, um, and that's what I like about her is as a guard, she um, – she doesn't take it all on herself. Um, you know, the center had the hot hand and she was feeding the center. And I just, I love that about her because she really plays an unselfish game and she really like embraces the team atmosphere. So yeah, I was really proud of her and it was exciting to see. And of course I'm a big Pac-12 fan. Um, of course I like Cal, but, and she slaughters <laughs> Cal. But at the same time, you know, you, you can't help but not support someone like that who's doing so much for the sport. Absolutely. And the sport uh, of basketball in the NBA is heading in to the final push before the playoffs. It's so funny because they're so long to go in the season. It's the end of February and the season really won't end until like mid or early June. But we are in the final push for the playoffs and to get to the playoffs. So uh, there are some exciting races there. It seems an inevitability that the uh, Lakers, I was going to say the Dodgers, but they won't be playing in the NBA playoffs. The Lakers and the Clippers will be meeting in the Western Conference Finals. But we have a ways to go before we get there. Steph, what are the big races that everybody should be keeping an eye on, both in the West and in the East, for those final spots? You know, the last time we talked about this, um, I couldn't have been more wrong about the Sixers. It's just kind of it happens to the best it. of us. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they've had a really rough season in general for, you know, and it kind of was like, you know, we kind of discussed it, you know, the trust the process and you're kind of waiting for them to do something. But the season has been really like uneventful. So I think we had kind of pushed around the idea that, you know, is this is this really working for them and all that stuff? Well, they turned around and just slaughtered the Clippers, who I feel like have a really good um, chance at, you know, winning this thing. Mm-hmm. And it was just so, I, I couldn't believe, like, how well they performed. And I kind of go back to this theory I have is that, you know, the regular season doesn't even matter anymore. It's just the way the NBA is looking. And I think that the Warriors kind of proved that, you know, they went 73 win season, but lost in the end because they were so tired, you know, playing all those games Mm -hmm. and playing so hard. They they ended up losing in 2016. And then they kind of learned that the hard way. And then they realize, hey, if we get there, it doesn't matter for the second seed or the third seed or whatever. Just win out. You know, that's when you get healthy and that's when you get strong. And that's when you play your best basketball. And that is exactly what, you know, Philly's doing. And so they're really um, impressive. I also, of course, you know, Giannis is, um, in my opinion, MVP. I think um, I, I, I can't see anyone else at this point. But, you know, I don't get to pick. (laughs) Just too bad for Giannis and too bad for the NBA. (laughs) But, um, you know, he's having a great season. I I really think this is the first time in a long time. And I know people are happy about this because the Warriors are not in it. But it really is anybody's, you know, title at this point. It could go a lot of different ways from the East and the West. So it's it's exciting. of course, the Lakers are always in the in the talk, but 
you know, the Clippers were really coming off strong and then Philly just came, came over and just like, uh, you know, polished them off. So I was sort of surprised to see that, but that's one of the things about basketball. So we'll see if they continue with that role, but you know, it's a, there's a lot of teams out there that it's really anybody's idol to win. Who in the West should we be keeping an eye on? Because it sounds like the Sixers are making a bit of a run. Who in the West is making a run that we that might surprise people towards the end? Or maybe nobody at this point. I mean, I was looking the other day, and it looks like it's that really that seventh and eighth seed that are a little bit up in the air, as tends to be the case. Yeah, that's – I mean, that's pretty much – I think we look at it now, and I think the teams are right right where they need to be. I mean, you, you always, you're going to have – um, you know, obviously the Nuggets, the Lakers, the Rockets, you know, that your standard, you know, teams in there. Um, and it's, um, in the West, um, you know, I really thought the Clippers were going to run away with it, but the Lakers seem to have this unlocked. So, um, we'll see what happens, but you know, that seventh, eighth seed, like you say, you know, there's always the Thunder, the Mavs and the Grizzlies, um, but I, you know, it, it. I think that's pretty much locked in at this point of who's going to make the playoffs and then who can survive it. But Mavericks have had some um, decent showings out there, and it'll be interesting to, you know, of course, Luca. Um, you know, it, it it'll be interesting to see the playoffs. But I think the big games are going to happen in the East. In in LA, I'm just curious as, as the native Angelino, as somebody who lives here who grew up very much a Lakers fan as an adult, also sort of adopted the Clippers and essentially in the Western Conference Finals, should they play each other, I will very much just be rooting for the team from L.A. Uh, and I'll be pretty pretty open about that because uh, I would I have Not a, a fair, You got to choose. I don't know. I don't think I can. I don't think I can choose because I think it's great. I mean, either way, it's good for the city. But what I'm curious about to see, and of course, this is way down the road and we have a lot of time and we'll get to talk about it if and when it happens. But should the Lakers and Clippers play each other in the Western Conference Finals and should the Clippers win, will this city get behind the Clippers? And that I am like very curious about because this is very much a Lakers town and there is a a very loyal uh, Clippers fan base and there are people in the city who love the Clippers and they have a huge fan base it just will be curious to see should they beat the Lakers does the city get behind them so I would hope yes because they're still a team <laughs> from LA but I think um, it, it will be very interesting to see how that all plays out so well I can we have- tell you um in San Diego here, you know, the Clippers were originally in San Diego. And right. So I know a lot of just just Southern California is definitely backing the Clippers still. And so, uh, you know, I I, uh, I still see some of those hats, like, floating around once in a while, those baby blue hats the Clippers have. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of funny, too. Um, to see, and the Kawhi it, connection, of course. And the Kawhi connection with San Diego. Yeah, so it's just, um, you know, I think there's a lot of people rooting for him down here in, the, in extended L.A., I guess. Well, that's good. It's not that far a drive. They can come up for games. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that, that'll be fun to see. It would be It would be fun. It would be generally fun for the city, and uh, this is a city very much, obviously, in mourning. So I think it, it would be fun for the city if you had these two teams from L.A., 
you know, really dominating. So of course we have miles to go before we sleep on that one, but uh, it's just kind of fun to think about and see how it all plays out. So we will shift gears a little bit because the NFL really doesn't have an off season. It just feels like they have an off season because we don't get to see football every week, but we don't have an off season. It is combine week in Indianapolis. So a lot of storylines coming out of there. There's obviously the combine and uh, the players and, and all the competitions, which of course there's plenty of discussion is does a 40 time and how high someone jump have anything to do with how they can play football. Eh, nobody really knows, but, uh, and the wonder lick and all the things that go on this week, but the big stories there. And then I want to talk about uh, the CBA and the collective bargaining agreement agreement, excuse me, is of course pro- projected top pick quarterback, Joe Burrow apparently has very small hands. It doesn't <laughs> yeah. matter. But that was hilarious. And I got to say, I'm really kind of on the burrow. I love he tweeted that he's now considering retirement because apparently his hands are too small. Please hold him in your thoughts. And I was like, that's funny. I, I like you, Joe Burrow. I really, yeah, Uh, I think he's (laughs) funny. And of course there was talk and, and would he play for the Bengals? And he said, I will play for the Bengals. Most likely he will be their pick. And it's kind of a good opportunity for him because should he succeed there and should they give him what he needs? He's, he will be the franchise quarterback that can completely turn that organization around. Yeah. It's a, I, I thought that was just wonderful. Like I, it's so weird. Cause you, when you like look at the actual measurements, you're talking about a quarter of an inch versus, you know, I don't know. It just seems so ridiculous to me that that's even something that's even measured, but you know, whatever um <laughs> i think the um i think the majority of teams don't really look at that and you think of like some really successful quarterbacks like patrick mahomes who you know has a nine and quarter you know hand uh, it's just it, it's the, the hand size isn't necessarily going to make you a better quarterback but you know of course there is all these ways that they do it but i i don't know it's I guess you have to have some sort of measurements, and then I guess this is what they came up with. But, um, you know, it's just kind of funny to see that, you know, this is where who who's like, I mean, you might as well be a psychic if you know that right. somebody's <laughs> going to do it. So I just think I'm... it's kind of uh, ridiculous. But at the same time, it's, it's funny. And as sports fans, you know, we get behind, you know, tweets that, you know. <laughs> are a little bit shill about hand <laughs> And the draft is so funny because there's obviously there's so much research that goes into it and there's a number of mock drafts will be coming our way and it will be discussed ad nauseum. Who's going to go where? What did each team need? But it's such a crapshoot. And I know that sounds so simplistic, but it really is because you just don't know until any, any of these guys actually get into the NFL. And I think the difference is, you know, there's always a lot of jokes during the season if there's a team that's really bad. Let's say, for instance, the Bengals. And I think there were jokes throughout the season, like, could Alabama beat the Bengals? Well, they couldn't because as good as Alabama is, most of the guys on that team aren't going to play in the NFL. Everyone in the Bengals plays in the NFL. (laughs) Even your worst NFL player still plays in the NFL. So it's such a funny, interesting thing. And you look at, like, like George Kittle, for instance, is a fifth-round draft pick. Well, He's pretty good. Tom Brady, I mean, that story, of course, has been told a million times. So it's just so interesting. There's all this speculation and discussion and research and all the things. And at the end of the day, no matter where anybody goes and what it seems like the priority 
priority is, no one will know till September. You know, how these guys really fit in the NFL and who, you know, who really is meant to be there. So it'll be it'll be fun to see. Um, the second pick projected, at least my projection, and maybe no one cares, but you're listening to this, so you must care a little, um, is Chase Young from Ohio State. And you know the words Ohio State are hard for me to say out loud. But he's <laughs> such a talent and potentially even better than Nick Bosa, though. Time will tell on that. So I think that'll be the second one. But the bigger story at the moment is Tua, whose last name I have a really hard time pronouncing. Me too. I can't say it yet. I can't. But I think you guys all know who I mean when I say Tua. I don't want to butcher his last name. So let's call him Tua T. Um, But he is at the Combine this week. He isn't able to do any drills yet. But it looks like... The reports are that he'll be medically cleared by March 9th, so he'll be able to throw, run, roll out, drop back, do all the quarterback things, which will be interesting because that means teams will have a chance to see him do those things before the draft, and previously we weren't sure that was going to happen. Yeah, and when you see the teams that are in the top five picks, like Washington and all the, you know, the QB positions, obviously uh, something of need with Alex Smith. So it's going to be interesting to see, like, how this all goes down. I mean, Chase Young is an edge, you know, from Ohio State. And, um, you know, to it's pretty uh, big to say that he's going to be better than uh, – <laughs> Oh, no, no, I didn't say he's going to be. No, no, no. I just wanted to say, I didn't say he's going to be. I said – I said he could potentially be. There has been discussion that right. he may even be just a even a, just a better necessarily translate to meaning. You know, we won't know, uh, but that he might no, just be a more gifted. Yeah. But he's very. But yeah, but I don't want to quote it as saying talented. he's better. But he <laughs> could be. There is discussion that he could be even more gifted than Nick Bosa, which. I think would be very difficult because I do think Nick Bosa has the potential to be like one of the greats, if not the greatest defensive player in the NFL. Um, but so just to clarify that, but now continue on with what you were saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then, um, Isaiah Simpson, linebacker from Clemson, the player to watch. Uh, Mackay Beckton from uh, Louisville. He's offensive tackle. You know, it's, um, it's not a super, um, deep draft for some of the positions but you know I you know it's going to be interesting because obviously that's something you know teams not only pick the best player available but they also pick for their needs of their team too yes. so there's it there's just so many variables when it comes to the NFL draft but the combine's always fun to watch because you just see you know basically them putting their best foot forward their skills you know uh, how high they can jump and how much they can bench press and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> all the things. You know, and it is fun. It is, and it's a very deep wide receiver draft, um, which kind of lends itself a little bit more to the combine because I think that's where the 40 time really is important. And, um, I mean, and of course, they're all the, I don't know if it matters how much a wide receiver can bench press or how high he can jump unless he has to jump over a defender, in which case, I guess that matters. Um, but it is a very deep wide receiver class. So I, it's going to be an interesting couple months. I, I love all the mock drafts and all the drafting. I just find it all so fascinating to see how the chips fall and then to see how everybody performs once they get on a football field in pads against, you know, the best players in the world so uh, it'll be very fun to watch and then the other big story of course and this isn't necessarily draft or combine related but is the collective bargaining agreement so there are a lot of proposed changes 
one of which is a big one here, adding a 17th game to the season, which in 2021, and that would mean three preseason games. There also have been discussions about in the playoffs having only one bye and seven teams make it from each conference and not six teams from each conference. So a lot of changes. The owners voted in favor. The executive committee voted against six to five. I know one of the big issues that players are concerned about also are post-play health care. Right now, I think it's five years, and the players would like to see it extend to 10 to 15. I think, obviously, the extra game is a big one. Personally, I'm not in charge of the collective bargaining agreement, but I think they should have an 18-game season with everybody getting two buys, but that doesn't look to be the case. But there are a lot of issues on the table here. So there, at the time of recording this, this meeting hasn't happened, but there is a meeting today between the owners and the representatives, and then I believe the vote is going to go to the entire NFL. Yeah, so first it starts with um, if if, they, if the players vote in favor, then there's another one, and then every single player would get to vote on it. But, um, you know, it's a little complicated on how that goes, but it, it seems like that's going to be the, the end-all, be-all, is that every single player um, is going to end up voting on it. That seems to be the direction that it's going. Um, the NFLPA, um, especially, like, Richard Sherman and some of these uh, players that are, you know, heading it are definitely not in favor of it. And so a lot of it, like you said, has to do with the care. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's the thing that, um, you know, I'm definitely, um, you know, I'm definitely um, with the players on that one because, you know, these are the guys that actually go out there and put their health on the line every time they play. And so if you're asking them to play more games, yeah, it's more money for them. But but when it, if it equates to injuries, I mean, every time you get hit, every time, you know, you take a risk out there. So I think that it has to be considered the medical benefits. And I mean, to, to be honest, I think they should have a lifetime. But, you know, that's me. Yeah. Um, I, I but, don't but, disagree with you. <laughs> I, but at this, because, I mean, they make, you know, we're talking billions of dollars for, you know, this. And I get that they get paid a lot, but not everybody has the longest career. So if that's what's important to them, I, I, I can see why they would stick to their guns. And even some of the owners did not vote for that. I mean, it wasn't a unanimous vote. So I think that that means that, you know, they might be able to gear this in the right direction. So we'll see what happens. Um, but and hopefully they can come, you know, to some sort of an agreement. I don't want to lock out, obviously, but um, it wouldn't be the first time. So we will see how this all plays. But you know, expanding the the regular season games from 16 to 17 does matter. And so it's a it's, huge um, deal. Yeah. I mean, it I mean, really is. Because if you're, then I think if you're going to do that, in my opinion, again, um, if, <laughs> if you're going to do that, then you should make it a 19 week season. Everybody should get two buys. I mean, if you're going to expand it. It does make a difference. That extra game is huge. And I think we see that in the playoffs. We saw it this year in the playoffs because you had the teams that didn't have a buy and the teams that did. And what a difference it made for those that had a buy because it gave you that extra week. So now you're going to have one more game to play. I also think, and I think this is in that uh, proposed agreement, increasing the number of players active on game day. But it's just, it's a big deal. And 
you know, we talk a lot and people say a lot, like you said, you just said, and of course we all say like the players do get paid a lot of money, but as we've talked about many times, most of them do not have guaranteed contracts. As you said, not everybody has an incredibly long career. In fact, most of them do not. And I think the other thing that sometimes we forget is for NFL players, they're making the majority of their money, at least as players in their twenties and maybe early thirties. That's when most other careers take off and people start to make more money. And that does not happen in the NFL. So all of that stuff has to be taken in consideration. And of course the league will make a lot of money by with an extra game and the players should be compensated accordingly. I think in their play in their pay every year. And like you said, in their healthcare. So I totally understand why a lot of players are not in favor of this. And I think, you know, I think also, and I appreciate this, the players that have been outspoken and not in favor of it are the guys that are going to get paid a lot, are the guys that will have long post-NFL careers, are the guys who, not Richard Sherman, but who some do have more guaranteed contracts. And they're really fighting for the guys that don't. And I appreciate that. That's their job. But I I do appreciate that that as, as a fan. Yeah, it's um, it's uh, there's some other things that are in there in that deal, and it's uh, it's interesting because it seems like there's a real big push by the NFL, and it's obvious that they want to get those TV do- deals done, you mm-hmm. know, now and expand the playoffs and all that stuff, and you you know that that's so they can bring in more inventory, and I get that part of it, but it's um, you know, it, it would have been I don't know, it's just it's something that's um, you know, the players union have to kind of look at and make sure you know you know how it's going to go down you know and there's you know there's a lot of players in the union I mean 2100 or so and but all 2100 don't always vote and so it's interesting to see how they're going to be able to like accumulate everybody to care enough to vote about it so hopefully um hopefully they can um talk and they can um really get this deal done but um, I don't know. I'm I'm I kind of like it the way it is, and I, the way I feel about the buys is that the players or the teams that made the Super Bowl that was a huge advantage to have that huge. extra buy, and 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 it's not because you know it's it just getting healthy, and if we're really considering and saying that the players' health is important, I just taking another one away from a team. And go, taking the those having playing all those extra games, it just doesn't really ring like they're really caring about the players as much as I'd like them to. <laughs> I totally agree with that, a hundred percent. Two teams should still definitely get a buy. And if we're being honest, like if they wanted to make it an eighteen or nineteen game se- nineteen week season with two buys during the regular season and two teams getting a buy in the first round, like no one's complaining if the NFL goes into mid February. Right, the NBA exactly. All Star Game might be complaining, but but I but I don't think anybody else is complaining, and I know that stuff has to be taken into account as well. But I don't think anyone is complaining if there's an extra week of football. We all are, we all miss it when it's gone, but I don't think it should come at the expense of the players and the players' health. So that is, you know, our opinions, which is why we get to have this podcast because we get to tell our opinions. That's the beauty of it. Uh, And so that will bring us to the part where we get to really give our opinions. And that is fangirl says who's hot, who's not. Steph, I think I've gone first the last couple weeks. I'm going to let you go first this week. 
Okay, my definitely who's hot right now is Sabrina Ionescu from Oregon. I think she's definitely hot. I um, just appreciated everything that she did for, you know, women in basketball. A lot of the, you know, I feel like the WNBA gets a lot of heat for not being as competitive, but there's just not enough um, exposure and they don't put in the same amount of money as they do, but it's fun to watch the WNBA and I really recommend it. So if you haven't, you know, gotten into it, I, um, I suggest it because it can be really, really good. I mean, it's really, really good basketball. So if you appreciate basketball, I, I recommend that you start to uh, widen out your your sports. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really fun. And, um, you know, you really see a lot of um, smart, you know, athletic, talented women who really know the game. And, you know, I think that they're just doing quite a bit for it. So she's definitely my who's hot. Um, I'm going to say my who's not... Um, Gosh, you know, it's kind of a, I think it's a, probably, um, I'm sort of tempted to uh, put the Astros back on it, but I'm tired of talking about them. So. Well, let me tell you, it's going to be, we're going to be talking about it for a long time. Unless Ram- Manfred comes out with a real punishment for this team, we're going to be talking about it for a long time. Yeah, just the the, the players uh, continually just denying. I, I just honestly wish they would say nothing. I don't think that they necessarily have to give the special. Sorry, I don't think those matter. But just say nothing. But they're continuing to say that they did nothing wrong or that it didn't affect. That's the stuff that just gets under my skin. So they continue to be my who's not hot because I just want them to shut up. Well, and I would also say if you were given immunity for cooperating, let's assume, I mean, you, it's been proven they did something wrong. It's been pro- so like, so you're right. So stop saying it. Like they were given immunity for a reason. They weren't given immunity because they were all innocent of anything. And they were like, yeah, well, let's give it to you. so I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. But I think we all know my feelings on it. And you'll probably all get to hear them even more as the, because the season hasn't even started yet. We're in February, I spring know. training. Um, so there's that, uh, my who's hot is the same. I'm sorry to copy, but I just don't think we, there's anyone else other than Sabrina Ionescu, um, 2000 points, a thousand assists, a thousand rebounds, kind of amazing. Um, not in one game, of course, but in her division one career. Um, so that's incredible. She is definitely my who's hot and, you know, I'm struggling a little bit with the who's not, but I think I'm actually going to deviate from the Astros this week just because they'll probably be my who's not for months to come. Um, but so I'm going to actually say, you know, I think the who's not is this idea that NFL players should play more games without another buy, without real compensation and without, you know, long-term health care after they're done playing. So that will be my who's not. I don't think that's fair to the players. And I totally agree with you. If their health is really a priority, this is not the way to show it. So I'll be very interested to see how all the CBA stuff plays out. Again, at the time of recording, the meeting had not happened yet, but we will obviously keep you updated on everything over at Fangirl Sports Network. So make sure you're following us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network, on Twitter at Fangirl Sports. And with that, Steph, another great day talking to you, and I will talk to you next week. Okay, sounds good. All right, bye, everybody.